Welcome to Shake That Soul. I'm your host, Rose Rising. This podcast is about getting in touch with your spiritual side and living intentionally. Let's get ready to laugh, ignite our creative spark, and open our minds. Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode 22. Thank you so much for tuning in. And if you are just now listening for the very first time, I just want to give the new listeners a quick rundown. So this podcast is about spirituality, music, and self-improvement. I do a combination of solo casts and interviews with creative and inspirational people from all walks of life, and I post new episodes once a week. In today's episode, I am interviewing Isaiah Haji. Isaiah is a DJ and music producer based out of Tucson, Arizona, and he creates trap and bass music. He recently played support for Subtronics and Say My Name, and he is on his first headlining tour. We have a great conversation about his journey starting off very young with both producing and DJing EDM and the synchronistic things that happened along the way, and also our shared love for certain artists. I really love EDM culture, and so I am going to be focusing more episodes in the future on music producers, and I absolutely love discovering new music and supporting artists. All right, let's get into it. Isaiah, welcome to the show. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here and do this with you. Yeah, I feel like this is a full circle moment in a way because I followed you, what, back in 2017, I think? Oh, yeah, it had to have been because I, I recall seeing your name on Facebook and Instagram and Twitter and always being consistently kind of there through this absolute journey that it's been. And it's like yeah, like one of the most consistent names I've seen. So this is definitely a full circle moment, especially like for me getting to finally like talk to you and chat and keep something kind of going. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's so great that here we are. What is it like five years later and we're still creating. And yeah. Yeah. And I saw that you are actually going on your first headlining tour. Is that correct? Yeah, we kind of just decided to do it kind of late in the year because um, I kind of sometimes will make like random tour flyers like kind of dreaming of the day that it happens and I made the one that we're using now for the LA show and when I saw it I was like I have to do this like I don't know why but I can feel it I need to do this and uh, I just called my manager and I was like hey here's the idea what do you think the logistics of this are? And he was like, it's probably super insane, um, but we're going to try it anyway. And oddly enough, the entire universe just fell into place for us. And back-to-back moments have led to what has become my first tour. Congratulations. That's amazing. I am so excited. It's um, <laughs> definitely like a blessing to say the least. And the first date that we like got locked in was actually in my hometown. And that just made me feel like, all right, we can really do this. Cause 
in my hometown of Sierra Vista, there is not that much to do, much less places to do something like this. So uh, we got super lucky working with PC's Lounge and them being open-minded and willing to let us do it. And uh, when everything was finally done and put together, I was like, holy cow, we just did the first date. Nice. How on <coughs> earth did you find EDM growing up in Sierra Vista? <laughs> yeah. It's, oddly enough, uh, I I want to say uh, I had to be like eighth grade, give or take. I was listening to just like Pandora. And uh, my Pandora shuffle kind of led me down like more of an anthem house, big room house, progressive area. And then I think it just glitched or something like something happened with the setup back then with Pandora. And I was introduced to Glitch Mob. And after I heard Glitch Mob, I was like, oh, this is what I like to listen to. And I mean, when you're that young, everything like you're just so easily mentally driven towards like whatever's given to you and so when i (laughs) when i found glitch mob i was like okay this is cool uh and then i found prodigy and then i found myself in a really deep dead mouse phase and then you know kind of introduced that to my friends and then we all turned into like little dead mouse fans we had our own little heads that we had made Oh my um, god! And, <laughs> you had a yeah, little cult. Like, oh yeah, it was like the Sierra Vista like electronic music cult of like five. Kids. Oh, five people. Yeah, I was going <laughs> to say it was literally five kids. Yeah, it, it's crazy too because now so many people from Sierra Vista listen to electronic music and like it's become a whole thing. And I remember it was probably like my freshman or sophomore year, the teen center that we have down there. They, for some reason, got DJ equipment and these JVL stacks and two massive subs that they just were never going to use. And so I somehow convinced them to let me throw a rave oh and <laughs> through all the hurdles that it came with, um, we eventually got to show day and I didn't know if like <clears throat> anyone was going to show up at all. And I think the building capacity is like 275. The first 15 minutes, we accidentally set off the fire alarm with the fog machine. So the fire (laughs) department had to come because it's a city building. And mind you, no one's there yet. So I'm like, okay, this is kind of a bust. I don't know what we're doing. So the fire department, they're like clearing out the building, make sure everything's safe. And then I'm facing away from where the line would be. And I'm talking to the chief fire guy. And he's like, all right, well, you might as well get in there and get ready. Like, you know, let all these people in. And I was like, what do you mean all these people? And I turn around and there's a line wrapped around the building through the parking lot. It was a full capacity show. And that was like my first experience playing a show. And it just absolutely like it just drove me crazy thinking like, okay, if I could do that at the age of, you know, whatever you are when you're a freshman or a sophomore. Right, you were like, what, cool 14? <laughs> yeah, I was literally like 14 or 15, couldn't drive, couldn't do anything, and throwing a, a show randomly in the one town where electronic music is probably, like, almost forbidden. <laughs> of course, yeah. I mean, I feel like Divine Intervention was at play because first Pandora glitched. <laughs> And you found yep, EDM, yep, and then yep. <laughs> and then the DJ equipment just magically showed up for you. 
Yep. And, and I I actually had my first job in Sierra Vista. It was like a janitorial like kind of cleaning job. And I did it for like three or four months. And then my boss one day, she texted me when we were supposed to go in for a shift because I didn't have a car. So she had to like pick me up and take me. And I called her seeing if she was coming to get me. And she was like, I honestly am not sure if like this is the job for you. And I think with your younger years, you should focus on this thing that you're doing. Because I had taken uh, the DJ controller that I bought with the money that I made from the job. And I learned how to like MIDI map all the lights on it. And I had made this song and I made this MIDI mapping thing and I posted it on Facebook. And then Newmark actually reposted the video. They like stole the video off my Facebook and then reposted it on their real Facebook with hundreds of thousands of followers. And my boss ended up seeing it and she was like, yeah, I don't know if you should be like cleaning toilets. Like, I feel like you should be doing a music thing. Right. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. That's amazing. It all just like panned out and that's why it's super exciting for me to go back to Sierra Vista and bring a real show with like music that I made and I don't know, just make this kind of moment full circle before this next era of whatever, you know, my music career and life kind of becomes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, it becomes real for you. Yeah. I'm excited. You know, honestly, back in like 2017, when I first found you, I had a really good feeling. Like I thought that eventually you would get out there and you would end up, you know, having a following. And so, you know, I even really love your branding, like the photography that you use. But do you do your own branding? I do. I was really into marketing at a young age as well and learned photography pretty much all through high school. And I think like that kind of being where I started and doing both kind of at the same time, music and photography really opened some doors. Cause then I was able to get really good press photos early on. I did like a lot of the photography myself with just like a tripod. And I had various apps on my iPod that I could look at my camera and see what it sees. And yeah, I just, I really tried to build a brand early on and understand like kind of what the big guys were doing. And I emulated them a lot. Um, And now that I've kind of stepped into my own branding and created, like I found like my style, I would call it just being kind of like sort of edgy, black and white, like modern analog, I guess. Right. No, I love Um, it because it's consistent. It's it's very consistent and you have to have that. I mean, that's such a big component. Like fortunately and unfortunately, you do have to have that marketing piece along with promoting yourself and making music. And, you know, it's a lot of work, yeah, ev- right? Yeah, everything that comes with it. It's yes, all, all yeah. the things. Exactly. <laughs> so when did you pivot from DJing into production? Because I'm guessing that's the order that you went in, right? I would have to say they kind of happened at the same time oh, okay. where... Yeah, like I, I kind of picked up both and migrated with whatever I was feeling in that moment. And I would say probably, yeah, I'd say it all took like two or three years to get under my belt. And then once I got both under my belt, uh, I just kind of started experimenting with like whatever was coming my way uh, creatively. Right on. And when did you feel like 
you were ready to just put yourself out there? Like, when did you start feeling comfortable? Oh, I would say almost immediately. Like, mm-hmm. I just, I don't know why, but I just felt like I could do this no matter what. And so when I um, kind of, I would say like around high school, I started doing uh, like the lunch, like pep rally stuff. And that was like my first introduction to just being myself and like putting it all out there, regardless of what anybody thought. And if you can imagine a high school full of people trying to eat pizza and whatever nachos that were available, uh, and there's just there's just really loud. The like, nachos stop in the cafeteria. <laughs> exactly. It was it was a pretty funny thing to imagine. Like, and now that I'm forward into the future looking back I'm like why did they let me do that at all yeah I mean it just seems like so many things have been meant to be like I think this is obviously the path for you yeah it all just kind of slid into place for some reason and I'm here for it Mm -hmm. so you recently actually played support for Subtronics that's awesome how did that go Oh, it was an amazing experience Uh, working with Relentless Beats like I kind of always have, you know, building up to like a show that big was really awesome. And, you know, just being able to play a stage of that size was nice, kind of like getting used to being on a stage that big because I played, you know, some smaller ones here and there. And, you know, the experience on a bigger stage with something that loud was just something I could not have just like thrown myself into without kind of like the support of a team that I've already been working with. And it was even easier um, because I started working with the production company that built the stage. And so I got to be like hands on with everything and, you know, like hardwired all together. They just have amazing equipment. So I got to just get zoned in and dialed in like a day early. So it all just kind of worked out for that show. Yeah. I mean, was it honestly nerve wracking though? I would think it would be <laughs> oh, a little bit. I would say I don't typically get like too nervous, like days before or like hours before. But like, I would say the last two minutes when I was sitting backstage with the stage manager and um, he was like, all right, you got two minutes. And I was like, oh boy, here we go. And then, you know, once I was up there and plugged in and music was playing, it was fine. And then usually the thing, I don't know why it calms me down, but I typically in the middle of like a set will turn around and if once I see my logo just like big and bright on the LED wall I feel absolutely at home like I just I just feel like it's where I'm supposed to be at yeah no I can understand that I've heard other artists say too they're so nervous and then when the moment arrives there's this really eerie almost kind of calm that comes over them and it's just they get in the flow state and everything's all good Oh, yeah, I could definitely relate to just like, I don't know, you you get the nerves for a second. And like you said, like the eerie calmness just comes out of nowhere. And for me, it's like a character switch almost. I feel like I I can be super lighthearted and loud, rambunctious or kind of quiet leading into the set. And then all of a sudden I just like zone in and I become like super, super like DJ mode. Kanye West, like, ready to do it. <laughs> like your alter ego, right? Exactly. Yeah. No, I love that. And the name of your tour is uh, Not for the Faint of Heart. So I'm guessing, is it because you're going to bring the heavy bass? 
Yeah, I <laughs> kind of named it after like, you know, just the I was trying to think of the rowdiest thing and oddly enough the um acronym came first. I I don't even know why I was thinking of those letters, but I put the letters down on the flyer and then I was like, what does this even mean? And I just stared at it for like 20 minutes and then I was like asking myself like what does the tour mean? Like what is every what are like all the vibes of this? And being that it's my first tour and kind of what it means to be a DIY, like independent artist, I, I just thought it would be nice to have like kind of like that edgy title for the tour. And then, you know, the music itself is already rowdy, disgusting trap based music. So it all it all kind of made sense when you put it all the pieces together. Yeah, no, that goes perfectly with it. And you actually have an, an EP coming out. Yeah, the EP is also titled Not for the Faint of Heart. And that also is going to be just rowdy trap music that I've been working on and like I'm heavily inspired. <laughs> yeah, it's, yes. it's really exciting. I recently like kind of tapped into this music collective called Otherworld. And I talked to some of the guys in there. Obviously, Arl Grime has been like a super big inspiration for me. With like oh. in tandem to like Res and like I love uh, Blank and Maddion, like all of these different like combinations of music and just I kind of I've kind of gravitated towards more I'm not even I won't even say sophisticated but like just more rambunctious styles of bass music and I've kind of found that trap is a really good baseline and then it can lead into all of these different genres and so like even in my sets you'll kind of hear like a bass line of trap music but then it'll go into really deep dark techno or it'll go into really liquid fun drum and bass um and I, yeah i think trap just has like that solid bass line that can still be super aggressive and rowdy the way i like to play um so it all just kind of works in that flow for me right yeah and it's good not to pigeonhole yourself exactly yeah. i want to keep it like spread and i want to keep it like people never know what's coming every song can have its own moment kind of thing yeah i'm a big fan of trap i love to work out to it i feel like that's the perfect vibe if you're trying to like get motivated <laughs> exactly like when you're trying to hit that next pr it is the music to listen to mm -hmm. yeah and spooky season's coming soon so we should be getting our all grimes mix i can't uh, wait for that yeah, see? yeah. That's, I, that's why i even wanted to start the tour close to october and then we purposely put the la date in october because i wanted to like curate maximum spooky season and just dial in like the thriller vibe of what we're trying to do that's perfect. Good timing. So do you think that in the future you see yourself branching out into different genres or do you think you're going to focus mostly on like a bass trap sound? Uh, I could definitely see it still being in like a bass area. Um, that's I feel like that's where whenever I sit down to make music um, or build a set, like that's just where I gravitate towards. I could low-key see myself going into a techno phase for a little bit or like I kind of tiptoed into a drum and bass phase for a moment or I made my uh, Joji remix and a lot of people did like the Joji remix so I kind of 
I kind of might go back to that maybe here soon. I don't know. We could see what happens. Right. Well, it seems like everything just kind of organically happens for you anyway. You're you're dialed in. So whatever is going to come to you is going to come to you naturally, I think. Exactly. I really, I, I kind of subscribe to the Rick Rubin approach and I've read his book three or four times now. And I just really resonated with like everything in that book because it's kind of just how life has been and kind of how I've moved through life uh, mostly. And yeah, I, I just feel like naturally a lot of stuff will come and I'll just stick to what, you know, the universe kind of slides my way. What are you listening to right now? I'm wondering like what artists you're really vibing with because I don't know about you, but I go through phases where I will listen to the same like three artists for a while. <laughs> do you do that? I kind of do that, I would say. Mm-hmm. But I mostly find myself absolutely obsessed with like Maddion. For some reason, Maddion just like keeps me super like locked in at all points in time. And then on top of Maddion, uh, I've really been listening to this new Arl Grime album. That is like my absolute favorite currently. And then I've just been absolutely digesting ISOXO's music. Like every time he drops something, I'm like listening to it on repeat. I wonder, I wonder, I mean, Rez is always constant, I would say. Blank also always constant that I'm listening to. Yeah, I'd say like those are the, those are the few that I keep on rotation. I would say there's a little Ellis Dream in there from time to time. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, sometimes you, do, you just want to, like, kick back and listen to Ellis right, Dream. Right, just kind of zone out. It's kind of meditative in a way. Exactly. I, I really love Ellis Dream's first album, uh, Voyager. That one was, like, honestly, what really kicked it off for me was when I did the remix for uh, the Seven Rays interlude. When I was listening to that album and I heard the interlude, I was like, this interlude is sick, but I wish it had something something more. Like, I just want to take it, like, a little bit further. And when I made that remix and posted it, it just took off for no reason, in my opinion. The song, I love the song, but I just did not expect the reaction that it had. And when Ellis Dream retweeted it and he reposted it on SoundCloud and, like, gave literally all the support he really could on that remix. I was absolutely blown away. I think I was at a diner with my girlfriend at the time, just sitting there, and I got the notification that Ellis Dream had just retweeted my song, and I was like, what the heck is going on? Future collab, right? <laughs> oh, I, oh, I would wish You never know. Oh. I mean, that's the funny thing about being in the EDM scene. I think that a lot of the times there's just this crazy serendipitous kind of stuff that happens to you and you never know what's going to hit. It's totally no, random. Exactly. It's, it is just something that happens. And I, I would say like most of the stuff, I try not to force like literally anything. When it comes to promoting songs, I like do it in the most natural way possible just because I don't want to even, I don't want to get in my own way and like be forcing music down anyone's throat or like pushing shows like down everyone's throat like i just let everything kind of flow and you know stuff just stuff just pans out and that's just what i've learned you know doing this for so long now um Mm -hmm. that you know i just kind of let it i just let it happen as it happens and you know some things are good ideas 
Some things don't pan out the way you want them to. But at the end of the day, I think everything has like has its potential and has its, you know, it, it has its full cycle that it's going to go through. Mm-hmm. Um, and that I feel like that Ellis Dream remix just absolutely did what it was going to do. And I think it honestly came from a very natural place for me because I was super inspired once I heard it. And when I put it out, I think that like that natural inspiration and that natural gravitation towards it um, translated through the music. And honestly, I feel like a lot of people felt that from the song. So I was very happy with the way that went. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I've, I've been thinking about that a lot lately, even with doing podcasting. I think that if you come from an authentic place and you put in the work, it's going to happen eventually. And the other thing too, is that, you know, everything that you put out, not everybody is going to love, but you have to just, I think the biggest part of that though, is learning to like, let go and move on and just keep working at it, working at it over and over, you know, until something else does hit and something else even better comes to you rather than dwelling on what doesn't work. Oh, yeah. I think I've spent a lot of time. Like, I, I mean, everybody kind of has their moment where they're like, what am I doing? Like, right. Nothing you is get working. discouraged. This is, <laughs> this is ridiculous. This yeah, is exactly. <laughs> you know, you got to sit there and you, you kind of do that. But then there's like, whenever I do get in those moments, I just look at my camera roll and go back to like a lot of the really good times where stuff did work out or maybe it maybe it didn't fully work out, but I had the absolute most fun I could have had. And so like, I kind of hold on to those memories and I hold on to like some of the really good moments I've had. And then I just look at like kind of the vision that I have and like how I see it going and like, does it feel real and authentic? And like, can I already like feel what I have felt or what I will feel in those moments. And that just like absolutely keeps me going forward. Mm -hmm. I love that. That's the right attitude to have. So what has been the most gratifying thing about being in the music scene? I would say the most gratifying thing uh, would be just like the, the response I get from people in person like when I finally meet someone who has been maybe following me on Instagram forever or listening to my music for the longest time or even people that have just like come to one of my like shows for the first time. Like when I meet those people in person, it just absolutely warms my heart and takes me down to like the most human level just because it's like we shared an experience in like kind of a way and just their open-minded and like receptiveness to like the creative ideas that I have and my approach to music is just always nice. And like, I'm always grateful for like those tiny moments like that. Yeah. I mean, it boils down to the connection with people, I think. Yeah. 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 No, I know exactly what you mean. Cause I used to live down in Phoenix and I feel like the scene down there is just, it's so robust and it's like a big family, you know? It is. That is, that's like kind of the vibe I've gotten. Like even just moving to Tucson and getting more involved in what we have going on here and then kind of making my way to Phoenix from time to time and visiting the friends up there. I can definitely feel like this entire like family across Arizona. And that's why I'm also really excited to like keep the tour going and 
have some dates that I think will be really cool to like kind of reach another part of that family that is like just ever growing and um, like connect with those people that like in ways that we haven't been able to before. Mm-hmm. Do you think that Tucson is the scene like really growing down there? Oh yeah. There's aside from just like the people that go to shows, there are a ton of artists here that blow me away. Like every time they play, like face plant is one of them that, uh, every time he plays, I'm like, what the heck? Like, that yeah. was super dope. Shout out to or, your like, homies. Men- <laughs> yeah, like, Mental, Phase Plant, Alex the Lab, all of these guys in Tucson are just absolutely killing it. Like, show after show, song after song, uh, you know, Half Dead, Azuriel, like, all of these people. Like, every time I hear their stuff, I'm like, what the heck? Like, you guys are, you guys are insane. I love it. Yeah, Half Dead. Oh yeah! Oh yeah! Gabe yeah. is Half cool dead. as well. I love them. Didn't they? I think they went their separate ways. Yes. He's independent right now. Yeah, Half Dead uh, did split up, but Half Dead still exists. Mm-hmm. And then Gabe, who wanted to kind of start a new project on his own as a serial, a serial, he yeah. has been. Yeah, he he's been kill absolutely it. killing it. Yeah. Oh my gosh! Like. Every time I hear something new from him, I'm like, dude, what? And like, I actually ran into him at Subtronics and we talked for a minute and it was just good to catch up and good to hear like what he's up to and what he's doing musically and personally. And yeah, no, just great people all around. Yeah, no, I knew you guys were going to make it. I have both of you pinned. I can just kind of tell I, you know, even though I'm not DJing or producing yet, <laughs> I have a I have a goal that after I get caught up with podcasting, like I do a bulk recording, I have my stuff set up to start tinkering. But I was like, one thing at a time, because there really is a lot of value in just focusing on one thing at a time versus doing four things. Like I've learned that lesson the hard way. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Dialing in, dialing in on one project. But I mean, once you start tinkering, you'll see and like, you'll feel it. Once you start making music and like you hear like kind of the way that you want to do it and your approach to it, you'll probably grab it supernatural. Yeah. I'm afraid I'm going to get obsessed with it and then I'm just not going to do my laundry and... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that that is also how it goes. You'll That's find yourself happens, in like right? a three a.m. Yep, yeah, a three a.m. session, and you're like, "Wait a minute, I still have stuff to do tomorrow." And then you start kind of like timing your nights by when the sun comes up. <laughs> That's by like I, I that's like my toxic like musician trait is I'll make music, and then when the sun starts to come up, that's when I'll consider going to bed or like potentially grabbing some coffee and pushing on with the day. Right. I mean, what is it about that? I think creative people are naturally night owls for some reason. Oh, my absolute best ideas and like literally anything great that I've done typically started and ended 3 a.m. to like 5 a.m. Like that little two hour space is when I have like my absolute best ideas. Yeah, there is some kind of science behind that. 3 a.m. is when supposedly like the spiritual veil is absent. So perhaps like we're tapping into some unknown creative force at that time. Oh, it's there. I feel it. Like it's I usually will just like hang out and like tinker around with ideas from 9 p.m. until about 12 
and then I'll take a break for a moment and then I'll come back to it. And then may I could feel like I have no ideas at all. And then 3am hits and I'm like, Oh, what if I did this one thing? And then next thing I know I got like a full song <laughs> ready to go. And I'm like, Oh, that's how you make music. I forgot. Yeah. No, I'm sleepy all day. Like I'm just like, okay, another <laughs> coffee, another coffee. And then like 9 PM hits. And then all of a sudden I get this random burst of energy and I'm like, let's go. <laughs> yep. Let's go all the way. <laughs> yeah. So what do you think is next for you? I mean, I know you've got the tour, you've got an EP. When is the EP actually coming out? Uh, we want to release the EP after, the fourth date of the tour, like right before the last one and make the last one like a really dope grand finale kind of moment. I think we'll probably release it November, maybe early December. I haven't fully landed on a date, even though I should totally have that figured out already. But yeah, I think right around that time period, uh, we'll release the EP. And I think I just want to have like a little bit of time for it to be semi-exclusive and let people who are coming to the shows kind of experience it first and i I, that idea really came from when i saw maddion's good faith tour and that album not coming out until kind of the middle of the tour and i saw him in phoenix so the album wasn't out yet but it i just feel so connected to maddion that when we saw him i felt like i'd heard all of those songs already and was like singing them even though i didn't know the words whatsoever and yeah it was that that idea was kind of inspired by Maddie on and the way he carried himself through the good faith era. Mm-hmm. So essentially, it's like having your VIP members in a way <laughs> they get that exclusive. Exactly. Yeah, no, I love that because I think a huge component of being successful is the way that you treat people and how you yeah. treat your fans along the way. I want it to be a special thing, like especially being the first tour and being kind of, I would say like my first actual like serious EP that kind of like really enhances and is like authentic to the style that I want to be doing. I want that to be special for everybody and let that moment kind of like sink in for everyone in like, in this like unique space. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I have to ask you, do you like house music at all? I do have a soft spot for house music, not going to lie. I actually, (laughs) I went to uh, Chris Lorenzo's show in LA this past weekend. And I don't know, there's some, something about like a really loud Fisher song just gets me every time. I can't (laughs) lie. Or uh, like John Summit, if a, a really loud John Summit is playing, I'm there. Yeah. And screaming every word. (laughs) (laughs) no i love that i mean it's kind of funny lately with all of the you know drama around john summit but at the end of the day it's like you can't hate him though for some reason no right no he he just has like he's got the perfect look of someone you just could never hate Mm -hmm. he puts a smile on and you're like what'd you do again i forgot yeah i forgot (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, well, that's awesome. No, I mean, I love being able to hop around and discover different things. And besides EDM, do you have any other like different genres that you listen to? Like rock or Uh, rap or you kind of dabble? Yeah, 
I'm super into hip hop. Uh, very much into hyper pop lately. I saw a hundred Gex this year, and that was like an absolute peak moment for me. Um, metal, I li- absolutely live and breathe. Bring me the horizon. I don't know. I think that probably comes from like riding motocross, like or <laughs> dirt bikes in an early age, and so like anytime we would go to the track, there would be like some form of edgy guitar riff playing and then we would start up dirt bikes and go rip around oh it goes with the whole vibe right (laughs) oh yeah it's it's absolutely stuck with me and so like every once in a while if you were just like walking past my house you would hear a really loud system of the down playing or like bringing the horizon on full blast while i'm like picking up the yard or something like that (laughs) yeah system of the down is really motivating (laughs) oh yeah oh yeah I know. I wish I could see them live. Oh, I would love to see them live. I kind of want to see Disturbed live, not going to lie. <laughs> this is like a, a confession session. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I love it. Well, Isaiah, it's been such a pleasure chatting with you today, and I'm just really excited for your future. Thank you. I'm absolutely honored and grateful to uh, do this with you. And I'm glad we could finally talk. And yeah. hopefully in the near future meet, definitely a show that I'm doing. Feel free to come. I would love for you to be there. Yeah, well, you have one upcoming in Flagstaff. Yes, yeah. the Flagstaff show. I think that one would probably be the closest to you. Yeah, um, and hopefully before yeah. it snows, because you know Flagstaff gets snow and like <laughs> they uh, get it pretty early on. <laughs> as much as I hate the snow, I don't know why, but I feel like it'd be the perfect vibe for the show. So I'm not against it. I think so. But I'm also right. I'm also like, you know what? Let the snow stay away. I'm all mm. right with that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So where can everybody find you if they want to look at your work? Listen, everything rather. <laughs> is everything is under Isaiah Haji. You can find it on Spotify, Instagram, SoundCloud, uh, my website, IsaiahHaji.com. I try to keep everything super simple and super easy to find. And yeah, visit the website for merch, music, whatever you're looking for. I probably got it. Perfect. Okay, I'm going to put all of your info in the show notes. So hopefully everybody can find you. And hopefully, one day we shall meet in real life. (laughs) Exactly. It'll come to fruition. Yes, we're manifesting it. So thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed that. Nothing but good vibes from Isaiah. If you haven't already, don't forget to subscribe to this podcast and share it with those you think might enjoy it. It is available on all platforms. And you can also follow my new Instagram account, Shake That Soul Podcast, for updates. If you are interested in being on the show or you have questions or feedback or things that you want me to talk about, email me at shakethatsoul at gmail.com. And if you love this podcast, I would really appreciate donations to help keep everything going and enhance the quality of it. So the link is in the show notes for that. 
I'll see all of you at the end of next week as I'm going to another major event this weekend. And I have some more interviews coming up with authors, coaches, artists, and I'm feeling the inspiration soon to record a solo cast. So stay tuned for that. Please take care of yourself and each other. Bye.